when, uh, when my wife calls, I answer. Just that simple. Uh, if I don't see her call uh, and, and she calls and I don't answer, uh, immediately when I see that she has called, immediately I call her back. Because when she calls, I answer. Why? Because she is important. And honestly, uh, if my children call, I answer. I could be in a meeting with all you important people. But if they call, I'm going to answer. Luckily now, they don't call. They text. (laughs) Or they Snapchat. Uh, I don't do the same thing with text. Texting's different, different ethics. Uh, but when, when my wife calls, she, when my dad calls, or when my mom calls, I answer. Important people, you answer their call. You respond in some way. Um, if uh, the uh, Queen of England were to call your house and say, you know what? I heard Uh, that there was somebody just like you, and I need for you to come over to London, and I would like for you to spend a week in my court and train us and help us with this particular item that you are uniquely equipped to do that. Most likely, you would respond back. Now, you might say yes, or you might say no, but you would give some sort of response. If the President of the United States were to call and, they were, and, and he, were to, uh, uh, he were to call you up and say, I would love for you to take uh, two hours and spend those two hours with me in the White House and answer questions for me. And, 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 and friends, I can promise you, it doesn't matter who you are, your political affiliation, you would be in the White House. Yeah. You would. When important people call, we respond. The most important person in all the universe has called. And you will respond. You will respond with either a yes or a no. And by the way, there is no in-between. When Jesus, the most important person in all the universe, the Lord of all, when Jesus calls, you either say yes or no. We like to fool ourselves into thinking we're postponing our yeses. When you postpone a yes to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, you are saying no. When you say, not now, Jesus, I've got other things on my mind. Not now, Jesus, I've got other things. Uh, matters on my plate. Not now, Jesus. I got to go sow my wild oats. Not now, Jesus. I've got other things to do. Uh, You might like to think that that is a postponement, but really that's just a plain no. It's interesting that we feel the freedom to say no to Jesus Christ, the King. And I'm talking about followers of Christ. You're here as a follower of Christ and he's calling you and you say no. Today, today it's my prayer that we all hear this call that Jesus offers to us. And that we understand we're going to walk away from this place with either a yes or a no.
And it's my challenge today, my hope, that you and I begin to understand as we look in Mark's gospel, that we understand that Jesus calls us, and in his call, he, he provides for us an opportunity to experience purpose in life filled with passion. And Jesus calls us to follow after him. And when we answer that call and we say yes to that call, then we find purpose filled with passion. Not only purpose filled with passion, but satisfaction. Do you want to know what joy is? Joy is living each moment exactly the way you were created to live it. That's joy. Satisfaction is when you are living each moment the way you were designed to live it. On the other hand, dissatisfaction is when we are not living each moment the way we were designed. Jesus himself understood that for you and for me as his people, the way that we experience the most satisfaction, the most abundance is by following after him so that we live each moment for the glory and the honor of God. Our purpose in life is different than Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Let's talk about Peter Pan. I love Peter Pan. Don't you love Peter Pan? Peter Pan had a great time. Peter Pan, if you don't know the story, I encourage you to read the book, uh, or at least the Disney version. Uh, Peter Pan uh, was a young boy who never aged. He was a little boy, and he lived on an island called Neverland. And on this island called Neverland... uh, Uh, Peter Pan had all of his lost boys, other boys who refused to grow up, and they lived their life playing their games. In fact, even the dangerous things that they did, the things that would frighten most of us, like fighting pirates, Captain Hook, that was a game to them. Everything was fun. Now, Peter Pan is a lot of fun, but you can't live your life on Neverland. There comes a point... For us as followers of Christ, where we have to determine that we're not going to just be chasing our fun any longer. In fact, here's what we do. As followers of Christ, we escape hell's flame through faith in Jesus Christ. We say, I'm a believer. I'm going to heaven when I die. And then we pretend like we can do whatever we want to now. Peter Pan, living in Neverland. But there is a point at which all little boys and little girls have to grow up. And when Jesus calls us, he's calling us to leave behind our neverland where we're chasing after supremely what we want. And we start serving God and doing what he wants. Now in Mark chapter 1, we see Jesus moving through his ministry in Galilee. And, uh, and, and as he's moving through this ministry in Galilee, he comes upon four men that he has met before. Turn in your copy of Scripture to Mark chapter 1. I want you to look. We're going to look at verses 16 through 20. Then we're going to turn over. We're going to look at Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Then we're going to turn over, and we're going to look at Mark chapter 3, verses 14, uh, uh, 13 and 14. Then we're going to turn over. and That's a lot of turning over. Then we're going to turn over, and we're going to look at Mark chapter 6, verses 7 
really 7 through 12, but we'll just look at verse 7. So as we look at these different passages, what we're going to see is that Jesus is calling people to follow after him, but follow after him for a purpose. So look at Mark chapter 1. Jesus comes across four men. Now these are four men that he has met before. Peter, Andrew, James, John. We know that Jesus has met these men before. Uh, Andrew, he met, John chapter 1, he met Andrew, and, and uh, Andrew followed after Jesus, spent the day with Jesus. And then Andrew went and got Peter and said, you need to meet this guy. He could be the Messiah. And so Peter and Andrew had met Jesus. James and John met him some, uh, in, in a similar way. But in Mark chapter 1, verse 16, Jesus ups the ante. It's no longer hanging out with them for a day. He's calling them. And his call transforms their everyday life. And that's what Jesus does. Jesus will transform our everyday life with his call. I want you to look, verse 16 of chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, verse 16. says uh, The scripture says, And Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed Jesus. And when he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after Jesus. Jesus transformed the life of Peter, James, Andrew, and John with his call. You see, Peter... And Andrew, James, and John were fishermen. But when Jesus called, they took on a whole new vocation. Now, here's what I want you to see about this. Jesus called them first to follow him. I I like that call, don't you? And we've heard this call before as followers of Christ. That's kind of defining who we are. We're followers of Christ. As a Christian, that means that we take on the character and the manner and the, and the passion and the mission of Jesus. That's what a Christian is, a Christ follower. So we like the idea of following Jesus. But in our Peter Pan type world, what we have defined following Jesus is showing up at an event, sitting, taking notes, and that's about it. In our Peter Pan existence, we go through a Bethmore Bible study, we fill out the pages, and then we say, oh, I've done well. In our Peter Pan existence, we still are playing the games without a transforming of our everyday life. And what we need to hear in this call is, follow me for a purpose. Jesus calls us as followers of Christ to follow him for a purpose, and that is to live the mission that he came to fulfill. Follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you to become fishers of men. It transformed how they viewed themselves, how they viewed their everyday life. They were now fishers of men. They had determined that their existence wasn't about scaling fish, cleaning fish, catching fish, or selling fish. But now their existence was determined on sharing this glorious good news that their life had been changed by Jesus and that your life can be changed by that same rescuing love. Now the call to follow Jesus is a call to live the mission. 
Throughout each of these passages, we're going to see the call to follow and then the living, the mission that takes place. Now, please understand this, and I I want us all to get this. Many of you are going to be content to say no. To say no to the call to follow Jesus. Now, you're going to say, I'm a follower of Christ. But what you mean by that is something different than what Jesus means. See, when Jesus calls you a follower of his, it means that you follow after him and in following after him, you are fulfilling the mission that he came to fulfill. No longer are you content simply to be a banker or a realtor or a CFO or a retiree or a housemaker uh, or in the Navy uh, or in the Army or any of those things. Now, that, that's maybe your vocation, but that's not who you are. No longer are you content to define your life in this realm of, well, you know, this is what I do. I'm a teacher. I'm an educator. No. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. What he's talking about there, going back to Jeremiah chapter 16, he's saying, hey, listen, this world is under judgment. And sin has overwhelmed this world. And Jesus has come on a mission to bring rescue to those who are lost. And if we follow him, then we pick up the mantle of his mission and we carry it with us every single day throughout the day so that it transforms how we live our lives at work, at school, at home, in the front yard, in the backyard, at the grocery store. We're no longer just going through the motions of picking out bread at the baker's. Now we are picking out bread at the baker's looking for an opportunity to live this mission and share hope with those who are hopeless. We are no longer just going and doing a deal in our business, but we're looking at that deal primarily through the lens of how can I share the good news of Jesus Christ in the midst of this deal? You see, what happens to us is we start believing that Jesus put me on this earth to make money or to build widgets or to balance spreadsheets or to create a business that I can pass off to my children or to uh, simply uh, manage a home. Nothing simple about managing a home, by the way. Please understand. We begin to evaluate our lives based upon that. No, 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 no. When we say yes to the call to follow Jesus, we are saying yes to a call that will transform our everyday lives so that now, now I am living this mission that Jesus lived. I am passionate for Christ and the mission that he came to fulfill. And so I'm, I'm living every day. Every single day with a view to this mission. And Peter and Simon, uh, Peter and Andrew, James and John, they left behind their nets. They went all in. I wonder why it is that, that we have determined it's okay for us to be halfway in following Jesus. You want to know how I define halfway for me? And maybe it will translate for some of you all. Halfway for me is when I prepare a good talk, I preach a good talk, but I don't live a good talk. 
It's not that I'm doing anything ugly. It's not that I'm doing anything out loud wrong. It's just that I'm not living this mission that I'm saying we need to live. I leave it here on Sunday morning. And my Monday through Saturday is what I want to do. Sunday, I'm all in. But, but Monday through Saturday, I'll give God honorable mention, give the mission a thought and a glance, and I'll just do what I'm really wanting to do. But see, that's not all in. Being all in, leaving the nets behind means that we have determined that every aspect of my every day is committed, determined, devoted to fulfill this mission that Jesus gave. Follow me, he says, and I will make you to become fishers of men. The good news about Jesus is that he gives this call to us, his followers. And he gives this call to us, his followers, he calls us, in spite of our resume. He calls us in spite of our resume. I love this picture of Jesus because uh, if, if, if Jesus said, I'm going to call you to be on mission for me because you have the pedigree that you need to get it done, or you have the character, or you have the qualities, we would all be in a mess. The reason we would all be in a mess is because yeah, we're all sinners, and we've all blown it. I love, I love it, I love it, I love it. Um, the perceptions that some people have of me. I don't love it. I try to dismantle them as often as I can. That's why I come down the stage more often than not, is because I want you to see, I'm, look, I'm, I'm on this journey with you. I'm not the expert. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just the called to be a pastor, preacher kind of guy. I'm on this journey with you. I have some bad marks on my resume. Can I give you a clue? I'll probably have more bad marks on my resume in the days ahead. That's just the way we are. And I know, I know that if you're at all like I am, you have some bad marks on your resume too. And can I also share this? I'm really frightened of the people who think they don't have any bad marks on their resume. So I have, I have a resume that, mm, you know, wow. Lord, I'm, I don't know that I'm really, I'm really worthy of following you and living this mission. How can I live this mission if they only knew what I had done? Have you ever thought that? See, sometimes we say no to the call because we want to stay in Neverland. We don't want this call to transform our everyday life. We want to still be in Neverland playing our games. We don't want to grow up as a follower of Christ to live the mission that he's given us. So, so sometimes we say no because we want to stay in Neverland, but then sometimes we say no because we think that our past is too ugly. That's why I love the story of, of, of Levi or Matthew. And look in Mark chapter 2, beginning verse 13. Mark chapter 2, beginning verse 13. Scripture says that Jesus uh, went out again by the sea, and all the multitude came to him, and he taught them. Verse 14, then he passed by, and he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office, and he said to Levi, or Matthew, follow me. So Matthew arose and followed Jesus. Y'all understand who Matthew was, and, and I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but 
Matthew, Matthew was uh, the uh, he was he was the outcast of his community, of the Jewish community, the religious community. Uh, he's the guy that was never invited to church because he was so bad. He's the guy that was the despised sinner that had betrayed God and God's people. To be a tax collector was the same thing as to be a wicked, wicked sinner. And the respectable people in Matthew's community wouldn't have anything to do with them. But then comes Jesus, and here's the picture. Man, don't you love Jesus? Here comes Jesus, and he gets off the boat, and he sees all the people all around, some of them standing at the tax table, tax table cursing Matthew. And Jesus walks up, and he kind of just pushes everybody aside, and he puts, his, put, and he just, he puts one hand on the table. He bends down. And he catches Matthew's eye. And in that look, there's absolute acceptance. There's acceptance because there's absolute forgiveness offered. Jesus looked at Matthew as bad as his resume was, and he said, follow me. Now, friends, that story can be repeated over and over and over again. Throughout Scripture, the woman at the well of Sychar in John chapter 4, she had a pretty checkered past. The woman captured in adultery in John chapter 8, checkered past. Peter himself. Peter, who said, I will never deny you, Jesus. And he denied Jesus three times. Jesus killed, resurrected from the dead. And and Peter goes back to fishing. He goes back to the nets that he left. All because he said, my past is too bad. You remember what Jesus did in John 20? Same kind of thing. He cooked a breakfast on the beach. Peter came along. He said, sit down, Peter. And he leaned down, and he looked at Peter, and he said, Do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter said, Yes, Lord, I love you. Yes, yes, Lord, you know my heart. You know I love you. And then Jesus said, Then what are you doing fishing? Let's go. We've got things to do. Jesus calls us to follow him and to live this mission that he's given us despite our resume. Sometimes we say no to this call because we want to stay in in Disneyland. Same thing, yeah. (laughs) Neverland. It is the same thing. You know what it is? And can I just tell you what it is? We as Christians, we like to take, we like to call um, our everyday life our, our, our tough life. You know, that, you know I'm, I'm, I'm worried. And then we'll take a vacation every now and then and do what God wants. So our vacation is, uh, I'm going to buckle down, go on a mission trip. 
or I'm going to buckle down and, and be in, in, in vacation Bible school. I'm happy for all that. That's spectacular. But that shouldn't be vacation. You know, our everyday life should be given in devotion to the service of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And then every now and then we get a little break. I mean, even Jesus went off by himself to the mountain. I like that part about Jesus. I go off by myself to the mountains. (laughs) But that's vacation. That's rest. And then when I come down from the mountain like Jesus, I'm ready to get busy again, following after him, living the mission that he's given us. Are you saying yes or no? Sometimes we say no because we, we want to stay in Neverland. Sometimes we say no because we think our resume is too bad. But the good news is that Jesus extends this call despite our resume. And he wa- longs to put us on his team. Jesus wants to put us on his team. The, the beauty uh, of Jesus and his call is that as followers of Christ, he says... Not only, not only are you going to carry my name, you're going to be on my team. Look in Mark chapter 3. I want you to look at verse 13 and 14. Mark chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Jesus went up on the mountain, and he called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach. Okay? So Jesus went up on a mountain and he said, Hey, listen, I want you to be on my team. He called them whom he wanted to be with him to himself. He said, I want you to be on my team. You know what's amazing to me is that, that Jesus says to us as his, as his followers, he says, hey, listen, come here. I want you to be on my team. I want you to wear proudly the jersey of the winning team. I want you to walk around with this winning team jersey everywhere you go, sharing the good news that there can be rescue for those who are living in despair and hope for those who are dwelling in darkness. I want you to wear this jersey of the winning team so that people can no longer can 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 escape the dismal despondency and the maze of misery in which they live so that they too can be part of the winning team. Jesus says, I want you to be on my team. Not an alternate, not on the sidelines, but on the playing field. And he wants us to be on his team. He puts us on his team, but some of us say, no, I I don't think so. Say, no, 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 no. That's too hard. That's too challenging. That's too scary. That's too tough. I mean, Jesus said he called, Mark said, Jesus called to himself those whom he wanted. He wants you. So why don't you want him? Some of us say yes to the call because we know that the King of kings and Lord of lords wants us on his team. But some of us will say no to the call 
Because we really don't want to pay the price to be on the team. Going to say yes, going to say no. Jesus puts us on his team. And then he gives us the opportunity to spend time with him. And, and, and we need to spend time with Jesus. See, when we say yes to the call and, 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 and to follow Jesus, then, then that following Jesus is not so that we can get more information about Jesus. It's not so that we can, can read good books about Jesus. He says, follow me so that we might spend time with him, so that his life might become our life, so that his passion might become our passion, so that his mission will become our mission. You see there in verse 14 of Mark chapter 3, it says, they came to him and and he appointed 12 that they might be with him. The picture of the text there, be with him, is the picture of close, intimate companionship, followingship, fellowship. It's where they determined that they were going to be covered in the dust of their teacher, of their master, of their Lord. They're going to eat dinner together. They're going to eat lunch together. They're going to eat breakfast together. They're going to talk along the trail. They're going to be tired together. They're going to to laugh together. They're going to cry together. They are together so that the disciples, those following Jesus, might begin to see and understand who this Jesus is, really, so that they might become more like Jesus. Friends, here's the goal of following Jesus. The goal that we have of following Jesus, not that we get smarter about Jesus, not that we fill up books uh, uh, book studies about Jesus, not so that we can, can come here and take notes and walk away and say, oh, that's nice, neat, and dandy. The reason we follow Jesus is, is, is so that we can become more like Jesus. So that we see him in his service to those in need and we begin to say, that's his heart for those in need for the glory of God, then that's going to be my heart for those in need for the glory of God. You see how he treats those who are despised by others like Matthew or the woman at the well of Sychar or Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. And we look and we say, oh, I can't believe he's doing that. But the more he does it, the more we understand Jesus loves the despised and the outcast. So I'm going to love the despised and the outcast for the glory of God. We hear Jesus say in Mark chapter 10 verse 45, the Son of Man has come not to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So we begin to understand that if we're following in the footsteps of our master and we're becoming like Jesus, that we are here not to be served, but to serve and to give our life a ransom for many for the glory of God. We understand that Jesus said after his encounter with Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, he rebuked the religious people and he said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. So becoming like Jesus means that we handle that mission and we make it our own and we understand that we are here to fulfill that mission of seeking and saving those who are lost for the glory of God. We watch our Savior die. On a cross to pay the price for sin. And we hear ringing in our ears, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We see Jesus raised from the dead and exalted to the right hand of the Father. And we say to ourselves, there's our reward.
the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we will say yes to the calling of living the mission He's given us. Ultimately, when it comes down to it, as someone who is transformed by Christ's call, we will live the mission. In fact, Mark chapter 3, but specifically Mark chapter 6 verse 7, tells us not only do we spend time with Jesus, but we are sent by Jesus. We are sent by Jesus. Every day, Jesus is sending us on mission for himself. Jesus called his disciples in Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 3. Jesus commissioned his disciples, uh, Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 3, he commissioned his disciples. Now, in Mark chapter 6, Jesus sends his disciples. Scripture says that he sent them out two by two. He sent them with his authority. He sent them with his message. He sent them on his mission. And as followers of Jesus Christ, if we say, yes, I follow him, then we must also live the mission that he's given. That means that we live our lives sent into our community, our world, with this glorious message that Jesus Christ can change your life. With this message that God offers His rescuing love that will forgive your sin and fill you with abundance if you will by faith turn from your sin and trust in Jesus. So here's the question. Jesus is calling. Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Will you say yes? Or will you say no?